0: but I was starting to do dumb stuff on that bike. (laughs) It's time for Loud Pipes. The podcast that brings you the best conversations relating to motorcycles, the riding experience, and other motoring adventures. Your host for this episode, Rich Warfield.
1: Loud Pipes, episode 206. We're going to have a quick recap on some cold riding. I promise this will be the last time. We've got to talk about bike flipping, maybe some cold riding, maybe a comfortable seat. And on the turn, the one, the only, SHOT Show 2024. We'll talk about our faves, maybe things we didn't like, and whatever else we feel like. The man, the myth, the legend. I don't know, I need a catchy opening for you. What's going on, Boomer? Nada, what's going on, man? <laughs> I'll get it figured out eventually,
0: and um, or don't it doesn't matter to me.
1: It'll just be a funny bit if I don't. <laughs>
0: it, it it's going to end up like you do with John, where he's got twenty seven different right. You
1: know, yeah, I'll just keep trying them all, and eventually I'll just use them all. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so yeah, what's going on, man? You got a uh, your beverage over there tonight? What's the deal? Yeah, I. Do have this? It's uh Texas finest. Oh.
0: Oh yeah, it had a good out on it. Didn't do it? tell, do you tell? Yeah, it's
1: just Dr. Pepper, man.
0: Oh, it's all right.
1: That is all right, my man. That is all right. Yeah, I'm
0: uh I gotta I gotta go pick my kid up from work. Okay. And when you get to my age, you know, you have kids, their vehicles break down. Hey dad, can you come pick me up from work?
1: Yeah. Late night run. You got to have the sober. Get it? Yep. And that means I won't even have
0: a beer. So there we go.
1: 10-4. How about you? What are you drinking? Well, I'm going to join you in something similar. So about a year ago, maybe a little over a year ago, when I was trying to lose some weight, uh, set a goal, got a trainer, got into some fitness. Mm-hmm. I actually did hit my goal. I wanted to get under 200, which I did. Held it for a while, which is another story. But (laughs) during that time, I wasn't drinking a lot of beer because I figured, okay, this is a bunch of liquid calories I can just take right out of the budget. Mm -hmm. So I I sampled around a bunch of different seltzers, sparkling waters, just what do I want to drink? Because plain water gets boring, even though you got to have your fill. The favorite one that I found is from Liquid Death, and it's called Bury It Alive. B-E-R-R-Y and it's very tasty in a, let's see, what size can is this? is a 16.9 ounce can. Oh, that had a nice out. Oh, no. It's a failure. No fizz? No, fail, failure, to, failure to extract. <laughs> <laughs> That's no good. Oh, the tab broke off. Look at this. And it didn't open. Awesome. Hold on. I've got a small tool to take care of that.
0: It's not working. Fantastic. Fantastic, Radio. This is not working. Oh my God. What a failure. I'll have we to go get another set one. Th- <laughs> we do not
1: set any of this stuff up. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I all right, so you and I are on video. you got to see the top. Look at it. It's like, I can't. That's nuts. The tab just ripped off, and it didn't open. Anyway, I'll put that aside. <laughs> <laughs> do
0: you need to pause for a moment? I also have a glass uh... of water. <laughs> <Does that laughs> do, you need to, do you need to pause for a second to go get another can? Yeah, 20
1: seconds. I'm getting another one. Hold on. <laughs> All right. All right. After that, round two. Round two. Okay. And thanks for joining us, folks. Ba ba What was I saying? Liquid death, bury it alive. Round two. Liquid death, bury it alive.
0: There you go. We got it. Hmm. As you can tell, I've been listening to a lot of Cleveland mode. Have you? Yeah, I've been working a lot
1: uh, over the last two weeks so you know funny enough I don't I don't catch a lot of motorcycle podcasts which is weird you think I would listen to a bunch but Rico and I in the beginning we made kind of a conscious effort to not poison the well if you will mm-hmm. we want kind of make it your own thoughts so we I mean we eventually we did we because of course we met people and created new friendships and things like that. So we started listening to other shows, but for the most part, I I really don't. I have lots of other stuff that fills up my feed nowadays. (laughs) Nice. Different pipes, you know? Different pipes, yeah. Yeah, so, all right, sorry for the the debacle of drinks, but let's get into our bike topic. (laughs) Yeah. So So, uh, you were... Let's see, we got to roll back a little bit because you had, you and John are like the climb ambassadors, but then you went out on a cold ride with your beloved climb gear and you were freezing. So tell us the uh, update on that.
0: Okay. So the
1: gloves that I had that were
0: climbed that I just did not like, come to find out they're snowmobile gloves. And what a lot of people don't realize between snowmobile and motorcycle gloves is, Uh, there's a lot of a difference Mm. and apparently the snowmobile gloves
1: are used to having some kind of a wind blocker on them so they assume you're like behind a shield or you've got Uh, some sort of cover not the the little you know bark busters or something like that and
0: that's why those gloves weren't working the best uh the other part was uh I was wearing two mid layers wanting them to do the job of a base layer and then a secondary. So when I changed things out and went with a base layer and then my fleece and then went with the climb then the over shell. jacket and then the shell and so instead of then my armor,
1: everything worked much better. But, you know, so the correction was base layer, mid layer shell. And yeah. you had like. Two mids on before, without a shell. Yep, I can see that. I can see that not ideal. Yeah, so no,
0: not not ideal at all. And then I found out that at thirty eight degrees, it really doesn't matter
1: <laughs> how many layers you have
0: on. You're just going to be cold.
1: <laughs> well, that's kind of what I was saying with the the perforated leather. Is you got a t shirt? Okay, that's not enough. Let me add a long sleeve shirt under it. Let me add a sweatshirt. Let me add a second sweatshirt. No, it that doesn't matter. Like you got to cover the holes. Like you could yeah, put a thin layer over the holes and forget the sweatshirt.
0: Yeah. If you had one of those, um, climb wind shirts, I think you'd be real happy with that leather over top of that. So the wind shirt is a base layer or a top. No, the wind shirt is a shell type layer that goes over top of like oh, yeah. your
1: fleece. Yeah. Okay. I see it. Yeah. Oh, cool. Because if you, yeah. So you're an ambassador again. You're, you're, you're back where you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm back. I'm back, uh, on the,
0: on the climb stuff. (laughs) I do still have my Harley gloves and I do still, when I wear them, want to call everybody brother and you know, they're good gloves though, man. I've, (laughs) they are really, I wore mine $39. They are great gloves.
1: A couple of Sundays ago, I just. I just needed a beat ride, like just, man, I got some stuff going on. I need to pound this out somewhere and I just got on the bike and it was probably 48, maybe wasn't quite 50, but it it was in the mid forties and it was sunny. So it wasn't, it wasn't terrible, but yeah, I put my Harley gloves on similar to yours that I, I got probably four years before that and just went out and did my beat ride. My hands were nice and toasty.
0: Yeah. There's, there's some of that Harley gear is really good. So I used to have a, I don't remember the name of the jacket, but it was a, it didn't have any armor in it. It had the big Harley death skull all over it. And right. Reflective piping and everything. And the inside of it looked like a, uh, uh the inside of one of those pizza boxes not the pizza box but the pizza delivery when they open up that little uh uh warmer thing that's what the inside of the jacket looked like huh and i'm telling you i never should have given rid of gotten rid of that but i wasn't riding a harley and i feel like kind of a douchebag when you're wearing harley
1: gear and you're not on a harley i don't worry about it you're that. that you're that guy i got a harley rain suit that i wear on the honda all the time
0: yeah just
1: it's got a giant i mean the the harley davidson logo on the back of this jacket covers the jacket oh wow it's like shoulder to shoulder
0: oh yeah it's great okay then
1: maybe i should have kept the damn jacket
0: yeah keep it that's pretty cool i unfortunately i already got rid of it like years ago and now i'm just like is it kind of dickish to go Hey, man, if you're not wearing that jacket anymore, can I have it back? <laughs> I'll give you 50 bucks. Oh, man. Yeah, why not?
1: <laughs> <clears throat> oh, that's too funny. Yeah. Well, it, So you were telling me. Go ahead. No, I was going to say the the glove department is great in the cooler weather, but the problem that I still have with the bike is my butt still hurts. I was just about to ask you. So you made mention new seat. I need to solve that. So actually you spurred me into pardon the pun, pulling the trigger on this one uh-huh. because we were going back and forth about a whole bunch of guns and accessories. And I'm like, Hey, what do you think about this optic? What do you think about this accessory? What do you think about this scope? What do you think about this pistol? And we're just going round and round and round. and. And you're like, you still need a seat for your VFR. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. So you had sent me a link when we were in Maggie Valley. You were saying, hey, Corbin makes a seat for that. Uh-huh. And I had a Corbin seat on my KLR back in the day, and it was really nice for the road. It wasn't much good off-road because it was a little too wide, and it kind of encumbered your ability to do off-road things but it was a really nice seat for on-road and i'd forgotten about that until you sent me this link and i'm like oh yeah corbin seat they make nice stuff so that's that's really the news i ordered a a custom seat for the vfr which means the vfr is going nowhere that's at all that's ever. right yeah, that's you are gonna, <laughs> you you're gonna be buried with that bike. Yeah, you're gonna chop that one up and put it in the ground with me. Okay. So what, yeah, I got what? the, I got the gunfighter. It's called the gunfighter and lady. So they only make a, like a, a two, two up two person. Seat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no backrest, no crazy things like that. Um, but it's black leather. It's got a diamond stitch pattern in red. So red uh-huh. red thread to match. It's got matte black. On the side, it's got red leather for the welt line as well. And then I did their logo in in black as well, so it'll be barely noticeable. But $704 shipped to my house in three to six weeks. Nice. Congratulations. I can't wait. I can't wait. You know what this means. That means I'm riding it to
0: Texas. (laughs) I was going to say, that means you're coming down here. But I was actually going to suggest you know... Hmm. We've got that big trip that I'm making with John this year.
1: Oh, that's too much for me.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, eleven I'm, states. Mm.
0: My part of it is eleven states in twelve days.
1: No, I oof, no. No, I'll just <laughs> hold you guys up. Basically, I will hold you up and annoy you. So, no, I will not throw myself into that.
0: I'll tell you what, I'll come up there. I'll come up there and we'll go ride. No, I'm just going to ride it to Texas
1: or you can meet okay. in the middle. Well, okay. We can meet in Arkansas. <laughs> oh yeah. There's good roads in Arkansas. What What is that road called? Uh, the pig trail. The pig trail. What's the three sisters? Is that in Texas? That's in Texas. That's in Texas. Okay. Yeah.
0: We got MotoGP in April. We do have MotoGP
1: in April. Hmm. And we have some events in May we've been looking at. Yeah. Lots of events in May. All right. We got to come back to this one. Yep. This will require planning. (laughs) But yeah, update for now. New Corbin on the way for the VFR. Can't wait. And can't wait to put a long trip on it and see you know, is, is that the missing link for the bike? Because I don't really get sore anywhere else. Doesn't bother my back. Doesn't really bind up my hips that much. You know, my hands, arms don't really get tired. I just, my butt gets sore and I got to get off the bike. You just, I can't, you know, I can't take it anymore. So
0: on an interesting note, I've, uh, I've been spending a lot more time on the VTR on the, on the super Mm-hmm and over the past 2 weeks that i've been riding well not quite 2 weeks <laughs> that i've been on the VTR i've noticed that if i lean forward a little bit more and you're of course you're going to laugh at me because you're like oh yeah dude you're 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 tensing up you're doing this you're doing that but i find if i drop my elbows a little bit more yeah Lean forward a little bit more so I'm carrying more of my weight on my core. My wrists don't get sore. Much more comfortable. My, my forearms don't get sore. And I'm really digging the absolute crap out of that bike, man. I, I wish, I almost wish I could put bags on it. Oh, that good. Yeah, that good. Uh, I'm not going to trade in the spider because the spider is just
1: yeah it's butter
0: on the long trip yeah sure that thing is amazing, <laughs> but I never thought I would actually be on another bike that was lightweight enough mm. that it doesn't bother my knee.
1: That's that's encouraging. It's very encouraging, and I'm enjoying the absolute crap out of it. Yeah, that's a an adjustment I went through with the sport bikes and. It was more apparent on the track when when I would look at pictures and you know, go back and look at track day photos and things like that. If you look at like my first couple of track days, you're like, oh my goodness, like I'm I'm sitting straight up, my arms are locked straight, my wrists are bent. I mean, I look like I'm out for a Sunday cruise. And then when you see the later pictures, you know, it's you know, more forward, elbows bent, you know, hanging off a little bit, but I started applying some of that on the street. Just put some more weight. Like you said, use the core more, ease up on the arms and hands and and just relax. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying being on it. Nice. But I'll say again,
1: I'm not getting rid of the spider. The spider is perfect. <laughs> I think we John need knew- we need some better audio of that superhawk. You gotta go out and get me some audio. Yeah. Maybe tomorrow. I have my uh I have my junior assistant this weekend. I throw a so, GoPro uh, on or
0: something. Like just um I think I have a GoPro somewhere around here. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> or even like take take your phone and set it down on the side of the road and like fly by it or something. Or take well, off. That's
0: what- well, that's what I was thinking.
1: Yeah. That's why I said I have my junior assistant this
0: weekend. So. All right. Yeah. Maybe money. I can. Yeah. Printed, you know, we'll, we'll see about his work schedule and getting time to get out there and stuff like that. Maybe I can get the missus to come with me. And getting the car back. Yeah. And getting the car back. Might have to wait, but yeah, I'll get you some engine noise on that VTR. For Man, sure. Man, that thing is. I love it. I've spent a lot of money on a lot of dumb stuff, but that's probably the best $4,000 I've ever spent on anything. Nice.
1: Isn't it nice to buy inexpensive used bikes? I mean, we talked about this. No, I think Rico and I talked about this on the, the yes, no, maybe episode where it's like, you know, would you buy it again? Would you not buy it again? And, and that's kind of where I landed. Like, Buying a new motorcycle again, probably not happening. Nope. Buying inexpensive used bikes that maybe need a little work, maybe don't all day long. Yeah. I mean, I would stick with buying the spider all over again, brand new. That one you'd, you'd buy new again.
0: That one I would buy new again,
1: but everything else. Nah, not a chance. I probably should add a caveat there. I th- I could see buying a new, like, full-on touring bike. Like, my, you know, my, I would buy it now was, where I landed, was the BMW RT. So, again, mm-hmm. that's the kind of bike I would probably buy new. Warranty work, stuff like that. I'm just going to pile on the miles. I don't really want to wrench on it. But everything else, I'm, I'm liking these uh, inexpensive bikes. <laughs> it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, speaking of inexpensive bikes, how's
1: that going? It's going pretty well. So we had a busy week, Mm -hmm. and here we are early early February, so this was around the end of January. We've had three transactions in the last week on our little flipping expedition. Nice. What have we got? So it's kind of good news, bad news. So I have to report that the R6 is gone. We've gotten rid of Mm -hmm. that one. So, that went down the road, and Bryce's KLX 140 also parted ways with us. Uh-huh. And the very next day, we picked up a project. What'd you get? So, we got 2016, I'm sorry, 2015 Kawasaki KX 250F. So, the little, little brother to my 450, but it's also, you know, do the math here, seven years newer. So, Different suspension, fuel injected, still kickstart. Um, it's got the whole shot device, things like that. But you know, two fifty, so not as not as rowdy as the the big four fifty. Mm-hmm. But this is a this is to be a flip. You know, we're probably not going to keep this. Picked it up for twenty eight hundred bucks. Drove out to Knoxville on Saturday. Picked it up Saturday night. Bryce had it disassembled. <laughs> we knew everything we needed. We had all the parts ordered by Sunday. Uh, Wednesday, most of the parts arrived, and we test rode it today. It's wow. Friday. <laughs> it's not even been a week. It's not even been a week. <laughs> and you're going to have that thing listed. It's, it's pretty close. We've got a couple things where, we obviously, we'll want to change the oil. I want to see what the oil looks like, but the, the engine sounds great. I mean, It starts incredibly easy engine sounds good. It rips. And the guy we bought it from said it has low hours on it. You know, he said it probably only has 50 hours on it, which seems unrealistic for 2015 until you start looking at it. You look at Uh the, the frame, you know, and the plastics and, you know, other than the bike was flipped, you know, his, um, the story we got was his younger brother whiskey throttled it and flipped it over backwards so it was mostly cosmetic work, you know, bars, levers, um, rear fender was gone, rear subframe was bent, you know, exhaust was bent. So a lot of bolt-on parts. There really wasn't anything functionally wrong with the motorcycle. So th- the only thing I want to do is just drain the oil, see what it looks like, make sure there's nothing crazy in it. Also make sure it's fresh before we go riding it. It's been sitting for about a year, he said. Yeah. Probably ought to do that. And the only other two things we need to look at is the air box is missing a little piece of plastic. So it's not covered up by the bodywork. So we're unsure whether we're going to replace that or not. And then one of the forks, the guy we bought it from said he thought it was leaking a little bit. So we're going to dry up the fork legs, you know, go beat it through the woods and see if it actually does leak. And then decide if we're going to tear it apart or not. So these huh. are, they're conventional forks. They're Showa, they call them SFF, uh, single or separate function forks. So one leg has the, the preload and the spring and the other fork leg has the compression and rebound. So they, they do separate functions. But they are right before they added the air piece, the, what do they call that? The air fork. So instead of having like a, a top out spring at the top, they've got an air chamber. So this is the year just before that. So it's it's conventional forks. Okay. But yeah, we we spent I don't know we spent just under five hundred dollars in parts, and it's pretty much ready to go. That's pretty
0: slick, man. So, that's that's very slick. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. We'll see what we get out of it. Yeah.
0: Uh, it sounds to me like when I'm ready for a fork rebuild. Uh, I'm going to load the bike up, <laughs> <I'm gonna> bring, <laughs> I'll bring like a box of ammo, right? Oh yes. Thank you. And, uh, come up there and we'll sit back and we'll talk guns and I'll do some gunsmithing stuff for you. And we'll Bryce watch, can rebuild. Yeah, we'll my watch forks. Bryce take the forks apart. <laughs> we'll watch Bryce, Bryce take the forks apart on my uh, VTR and <laughs> let him do it.
1: I did the forks on the R6. That was pretty fun, but those are traditional telescopic, and they weren't even upside down. So I've been wanting to take these apart, and I I want to take them apart on my 450, but those those are the air shocks, air shocks, forks, uh-huh. whatever they call them. And I don't know if I want to get into all that, because from what little bit I've read on them, it seems like it is a, a little bit of a nightmare getting them set up correctly because of the air pressure and the way they're chambered inside. So, I don't know if I'm going to tackle that or not. They work good, so I don't really want to take them apart. <laughs> well, you know what the you know what they say? If it's, it's not, not broke, it's not broke, yeah. But it's a service item. It. You need to change that oil from time to time, so I don't want to let it go too long. Yeah, but changing the oil, you
0: unscrew the bottom and let it drain out and then
1: fill it in from the top. Right? Yeah, but when you take the cap off, all that air leaks out. And now you you see where I'm going with oh, this. Oh, right? yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. Okay.
1: It's not like the traditional forks where you unscrew the cap, you know, dump the oil out, fill it to the right level, screw it back on. Like, then when you screw it back on on these forks, then you have to charge them with air to the right level and then they have to be written and checked, and it's it's a process from what I read.
0: This is why I don't do forks. (laughs) Seriously, this is why I don't do forks. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, look, you got a leak in Forks Hill. To the shop you go. That's right. On the trailer,
1: down the road.
0: Will it get me to the
1: shop? That's all I need to know. Yeah. There is one other consideration on this 250, though. What's that? The question is, should I keep it for me and sell the 450? Ooh, that's a good question. Because the 450 is a lot of bike for trail riding. And while I like me some power and all that fun stuff to make you giggle, I'm just not using it. I just can't utilize that power. So Mm -hmm. I, I rode this little 250 around the yard today. I say little, it's not a small bike, but the way it's geared it seems like the gearing is so much taller in this 250 because i was just cruising around the yard thinking oh yeah i could easily use second gear here whereas the 450 you i never get it out of first gear unless you're in a straightaway
0: you do know the old saying
1: it's better to ride a small
0: bike fast than a fast bike slow
1: so maybe That's what I'm
0: so maybe keeping the 250 might not be a bad idea. Well, How much it, money would you make off the 400 or the 450?
1: Well, that's the problem. I went a little crazy with that bike. So <laughs> it could have been a flip, but all right, well, let's, let's dive into that. So I bought it for two. I might as well. I bought it for 2000. It. Okay. Which doesn't seem bad, right? Of 2008, 450. It's still carbureted. The last year of carburetors. And uh, what was I saying? Oh, but it had a cracked piston. So, and I knew that, and I got a new piston with it from my nephew, but he had already bought it. So I gave him money for that. And he had the gasket kit and he had a bunch of other stuff. So I gave him, I think another 400 bucks. So I'm 2,400 into it before I even start working on it. But then, as we're working on it, it doesn't start easily, especially when it was hot. So I rebuilt the carburetor. So a couple of carb rebuild kits. Oh, hey, while it's apart, why don't we, you know, check out the bearings? So I put bearings in the swing arm and the pivot point. And oh, there's some broken spokes in the rear wheel. Okay, let's just buy a new wheel. You see where this is going, right? Three hundred bucks for a wheel. Oh, wait, now the rear wheel doesn't match the front one. Let's buy a new front wheel. And I'm not going to put old tires on these new wheels. I'm going to put new tires on it. So it was just one thing after another. And then I put a kickstand on it. That was 200 bucks. So I'm, I'm somewhere over 4,000 now in this bike. And it's, it's probably not worth it because of how old it is. So trying to list this thing for like five grand and make some money on it, I think is going to be a hard sell. Unless there's somebody out there that just really wants an 08, if that if that makes sense.
0: Well, it does make sense, but again, you're
1: so you're playing to a very specific
0: audience when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. But which one would you rather ride?
1: Well, I haven't ridden the two fifty other than just around the yard. So, you know, to be fair, I need to take that out and thrash it a little bit to see if that's is it going to be better. Doing the trail riding that we're doing than the 450. I'm almost certainly that would be yes. I can't imagine, I can't imagine that it would be worse unless there's just something wrong with it. Like, I don't know, it has a hanging idle or something, or the forks are just terrible, or the suspension is garbage. Like, I can't imagine it being worse. But I don't know. The suspension is stiffer than the 450. I know that right away. Because when I sit on the 450, the back of it sags like, you know, like fat man on a little bike. Mm -hmm. But when I sit on the 250, it only squats a little bit, kind of like it's a street bike. So I don't know if it's just stiffer spring, you know, better suspension, but it doesn't seem to use up like half of its travel when I sit on it. So then the question is, what does that translate to off-road? Is that a firmer ride, stiffer ride? Is it more compliant because there's more travel? I don't know. I just need to try it. So that's where we're at. Is it a flip or is it a trade? (laughs) I don't know.
0: Well, here's the next question. What are you using them for? Who are you
1: riding with? It's mainly Bryce and I, and sometimes we hook up with Alan and his son. And Alan and Sully are are very much trail riding. I mean, they have trail bikes. They don't have motocross bikes. So, yeah, we're riding through the woods. We're doing, you know, we're, we're riding trails. Okay. Not racing. We're not even on the track. You know, we're not jumping them like crazy. We're just out there riding together, having a good time.
0: So then it sounds like To me, you've already made the decision. You just need to take it out there and just thrash the ever-loving crap out of it so you can... I think so, yeah. I mean, you could always put the 450 up and go, you know, I'm selling this for X amount of dollars, or I'll trade it for this plus cash. Now we've got another project out of it. Well, there's an option. Plus cash.
1: Yeah. This much money, or... I'll take a 250 and some money, uh huh, as a swap. Then I have two 250s. There you go. Because we do have two riders, and the 140 is gone. Mm hmm. So <laughs> we're down a bike. Oh no, we're down a bike. You were. You need to replace it quickly.
0: <laughs> I mean, you could also look at getting another street bike.
1: I really want Bryce to get a KLX 300. That's what I want him to get, but I. That's not what he wants. What does he want? He wants to ride this 250 we just got. That's what he wants to ride. Well, it's too big for him. Chassis wise, it's too big. He would get used to the power, but the chassis wise, it's it's a little too tall for him yet. Cause he's short for his age. Huh. So skill wise, he probably could ride it, but there's no margin for error. How do I want to say it? There's no margin for error. If you get into a situation where you've got to put your foot down, it's not happening. It's too tall. And while I have confidence in his riding abilities, you're just not leaving any room forever. And I, I'm, that does not that's not a good feeling for me. So I explained all that to him. He understands it. It's he a f- disagrees with you 100%. Well, he, he agrees it's a flip. Like We bought it as a flip. So he researched it. You know, he found, oh, what's that one? Just another Dr. Pepper. Oh, okay. Got <laughs> me all excited there for a minute. I'm like, oh, oh. But yeah, this this was kind of his project because he researched it and I donated the R6 to the flipping project. That was the deal. Mm-hmm. I said, I am giving you this bike to sell, and the money you get from that will fund the flipping so i was going to list it for 3 grand you know essentially where i thought it would land and he's like oh no no he's like i'm going to list it for 4500 cuz then somebody's going to buy it for four i'm like whatever dude it's it's a 24 year old bike <laughs> so sure enough he listed it for 4500 and what's the first question i get will you take 4000 i'm like Man, <laughs> Uh
0: it's <again>, good. <laughs> I paid 4000 for my VTR. Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said about that whole, there's a, I'm trying to think of the words here, it's a dollar value market. Mm-hmm. So if you take an R6 and you list it for $2,500, no one's. Gonna Nobody's going to touch it. Yeah, because they know that if you're listing an R six for twenty five hundred bucks, it's trashed out. It's the motors thrashed. You know, it's probably got a screwdriver for a key. Right. <laughs> you know, something along those lines. You know, ran when parked or some nonsense along those lines. Yeah.
1: Don't lowball me. I know what I got. Yeah, that whole
0: not <laughs> stolen.
1: Yep. Only but, driven uh, on Sundays. Yeah, that kind of track.
0: <laughs> but if you list it for 4 grand or 5 grand, now you've got somebody's attention who's mm-hmm. got the money to be able to go, "Hey, wait a minute, that's what I'm looking for."
1: Well, and and Bryce's strategy psychologically which was right, he's like, "We're going to list it like unrealistically high." And then someone's going to feel good about getting us down to four grand. Like, Hey, I'm going to say 500. Will you take four grand? Little do they know we got a thousand more than we wanted. Uh huh. So yeah, the kid, the kid's sharp with that stuff. I got to give it to him. No, I mean, he seems like he's got his, uh, his stuff together when it comes to this stuff. And it's a passion project. Like he really wants to do it. That's where, and You know, my wife hates it. She thinks the whole thing's stupid, but, you know, she thinks most everything is stupid. So I I just cast that aside. So, but the fact that he wants to do it, the passion is there. He's just pouring himself into it and it's, it's fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, the bike wasn't off the trailer. It wasn't off the trailer two hours and he had the plastics off of it. Like, I'm still looking for lunch, you know, and he's he's got the bike apart. <laughs> Again, that's, yeah, that's pretty funny, man. It's good stuff. It is. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We, that, um, that was my, like I said, that was my donation for the flipping. So, that money went right into the Project 250, and the rest of it is here, you know, in my hands uh-huh. for parts and whatever so we'll see and yep. i think yeah that's it probably more to come next week
0: <laughs> maybe it'll be sold by then maybe i mean the way or the 450 will be
1: sold yeah one of the two yeah yeah all right did you have another you did your cold weather update did you have another riding update no i mean just me going out on the
0: super and just thrash i'm thrashing it I'm not thrashing it, but let's just say that that bike really likes to get. I have a cruising speed, Mm -hmm. and it might be just a, just a touch above where the speed limit actually is. Uh huh. And it's real easy to get there on that bike. I mean, there's something about that
1: 1,000 cc V-twin that just. Oof. And I've not ridden, not ridden um, Honda's twins before. So do you get a good amount of torque down low because it's a twin and then it still revs out to 10,000 plus? Yep. That's a good combo.
0: I was, honestly, I don't know if we've talked about this, but I wanted a Ducati. I wanted a Ducati. I actually knew exactly what I wanted. I wanted a Ducati Monster 996. Okay, nice, nice. I wanted a 1,000cc Ducati motorcycle had everything lined up. I was looking for them and this one popped up and I went, eh, Hmm. it's not a Ducati, but it is a twin, but it is a twin. And I like that red cause I'm a sucker for redheads. Let me go look. And I went and looked and that's all she wrote, man. I heard that engine. Yeah. And... It doesn't have the Ducati clank, 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 that, ex, that dry clutch that Ducatis have. You can
1: put a dry clutch on the Honda. Go ahead. Why? Well, if you want that feel. Then it's I, out. <laughs> or I could just leave it
0: alone leave and it alone. it's just so I could hear the engine because I don't have that Ducati sound, that yeah. dry clutch Ducati sound. It doesn't have it but it's got that same high rev V twin motor in there. I, nice. I love it.
1: I was the same way when I first test rode the VFR. It's like oh. ugh, the thrum and then the whale. I'm like, uh, I got to have this. You, you had me sold on
0: that Ducati or not Ducati on the VFR <laughs> up there in, uh, do you remember, uh, when we met in, uh, teleco planes, hmm For the meetup there. Yep. I heard that thing go flying past me and I went, (laughs) Ooh. I'm on a triple. And I like the sound of this triple. I was on that Yamaha uh FJ09. Yeah, you're like, I really like my triple, but man. I I mean, I love that bike, but I was starting to do dumb stuff on that bike. (laughs) I mean, like really dumb stuff. Like, I was cutting around cars up on the sidewalks, cutting through driveways. I mean, I was really getting aggressively stupid on that bike. And I was like, I probably need to find something else to ride, or I'm going to do something incredibly dumb that's going to hurt for years. Yeah. And I went down there, and they said, hey, we've got a 2014 black and white VFR. You're like, I'm on my way. Let's talk trade. Yeah, we'll do, you know, you pay TT and L and we'll swap bikes. Done. Nice. And the guy who got there 10 minutes before me decided he was going to buy the VFR. You're like, dang it. And I was on a hunt for one and then just kind of gave up.
1: Uh, someday we will get back there.
0: Or I'll just keep the VTR.
1: I mean, I, well, when we meet up, you can have both. You can ride mine and I can try the V twin. Yeah. I mean, here's what does your, you've got bags. Yeah. Side bags and a top case. You've got, you've got side bags and a top case. I don't have those. So I need to carry your stuff is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm gonna have to have you carry my stuff. You're taking my my role in
0: the ride. Well I, I was actually thinking I'm gonna go get like an Alpine Stars backpack <laughs> and go get me one of those uh the the two piece uh leather motorcycle suits. Yeah. From Dionysi or something like that, and then just bring fresh underwear. Just stuff the bag full nice. of, you know, a change of <laughs> undies. There you go. Don't forget your base socks, area. socks, and underwear. That's all I'm bringing yep. road trip. There we go. And stop every hundred miles to put gas in it and stretch and stretch.
1: Very good Other than that. Yeah. All right. Well, so, you want to, you want to pivot
0: a little bit? Yeah. Let's do our little pivot and switch on over to
1: talk about shot. All right. Well, I got a couple of quick reminders. Just for everybody. For so I guess our first reminder is the the ask, if you will, or do participate in the value for value exchange. And it's a simple concept. You know, we provide the show free of charge. And if you find some value there, you are more than welcome to return that at loudpipes.net slash donate. And it's just a simple PayPal link there. Nothing fancy. And we appreciate all of that. There's also ways to get and get a hold of us in terms of feedback. If you want to complain or you want to give a compliment or you just want to say hi, you can do that. We have email address feedback at rdubstudios.com or you can go on the website loudpipes.net contact. And the last ask there is if you listen to a couple episodes ago, we talked about our risk kit. If you're interested in trying one of those, drop us a note there and, and we will get in touch with you as well. And let's see, what's our other reminder? I guess that's it. Too close for missiles, switching the guns. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I need a sound effect or a, we, we a transition there. Up. That feels a little weird. So, Shot Show 2024. Now, can you can you give us a little primer before we get into that? Like, what is you know, what is the event? What's a little history about it? Who puts it on? Kind of the so the basics, if you will.
0: Yeah. So shot show is referred to as shot, which is the shooting, hunting, and outdoor trade show. It's been going on for years. It's an industry trade show. You can't just show up.
1: Right. So shot you shots have, the acronym, not the not really the name of it. Yeah. Um.
0: You can't just show up and go, "Hey, I want to wander around." Right No, it doesn't work that way.
1: True. you people in the industry, right? Media and whatnot. You have to be media.
0: Podcasts get, um, they call them new media, and you have to be able to prove your credentials and all that other stuff before they just kind of go, okay, um, writers, the whole shebang, industry people.
1: Gotcha. So it's a... The, It's a little bit of a trade show, but a trade show for insiders. And from what I understand, I've, I've talked to a couple of dealers in the past, like at, at various gun shows and things like that. And that's what they've said is that's where they go to set up their deals for the year. Yeah. They meet with vendors, they make their buys, you know, there's a, there's a lot of multi business stuff going on there too. Yeah. It's not a,
0: there's a little bit of meet and greet, but it's mostly industry people talking to industry people yeah it's crossbreed holster talking to you know these people over here going hey you want us to make holsters for your guns we're going to need one yeah and then we'll make you know we'll be your
1: standard for pushing holsters for you whatever yeah even small parts too from what i understand like if you're a holster maker like hey here's a company that makes you know fasteners like i need you to make a special Fastener for my holster, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's everything. It's
0: all of it. And it takes up two or three of the hotels down there. Just massive space.
1: Yep. In Las Vegas. In Las Vegas. Every year in Las Vegas towards the end of January. So I was looking at the website earlier. It is in the Venetian Expo and the Caesars Forum. Uh huh. Both. <laughs> both. <laughs> and either one of those in their own right are very large and they cover yes. both of them. So it it's exhausting. I've watched quite a bit of content in the last couple of days just from people that have been there. And and you can you can see it and you can hear it in their voices. Like the media people that are there, they're exhausted. I mean they're oh, yeah. spent.
0: Because there's no stopping. It is, you know, 915. I have an interview with such and such with this place. Now at 945, I have to be back over here in Caesars.
1: On the other side of the building.
0: (laughs) For the other side of the building. Yeah. So that at 1045, I could be back over here because they're going to do an unveiling on, you know, the new mechanic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. the range days and all of that that goes into it and but our our interest in it selfishly is or at least for this episode is new guns
0: new guns
1: so i was hoping that each of us could kind of pick some of our favorites and whether they're released at at shot or if they are we could call shot adjacent maybe they came out just before i know there was a lot of press releases leading Uh up to the show so
0: Well, there usually is there's, so you're going to have, um, to give an example and it's one that you sent me a message on and that is the Daniel defense H nine or the nine millimeter Daniel defense came out with, which was nothing more than a redone Hudson H nine that they actually made reliable and works now. Nothing against Hudson. It was a really good idea. A striker fired, you know, 1911 gun. Yeah. But Daniel Defense made it work and made it reliable and all that other stuff. We figure, I talked to another friend of mine in the industry. He said he has had his for two and a half weeks before they made the announcement.
1: Oh, okay. What
0: they send out is they send the gun out to different people with an embargo on it, which says you can't release any information. You can't do any of this stuff until this date. And if you break the embargo, yeah. you'll never get anything new from us ever again. Because you can kind of look at the. You know, look at the internet, the YouTube guys, all that other stuff. They all kind of dropped it all on the exact same day.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's that's kind of just general press release stuff. I mean, that's how industries work is you got to get it in the hands of the people that are going to talk about it. But you have to have it timed and coordinated so that, you know, one person isn't jumping the line and all that stuff. Yep. you know the, the company you know so in this case Daniel defense they want it to come out at a certain time but they need all these people in line to do that so yeah that's an interesting yeah. research project for anyone if you're interested it's called tribe marketing you can look into that and in the gun world I think it's the, the Le- Leviathan group is that the one that that runs most of that but it's it's an interesting study so. if you're if you're into that kind of thing
0: so. Tell you what, let's go back and forth. You know, you pick one. I've got one. We'll
1: go back and forth. How's that? Sounds good. But the Daniel H nine, is that, is that a pick for you or are you just, just an example? No, it was just an example. I wasn't. <laughs> I, Cause that means you still, I would, a pick? Uh,
0: I've got, I've got several of them that I watched and I was like, I actually want one of these.
1: This is stupid, but I want one. Well, I'll preface this whole thing with my list is way too big. So I had to go through and star like four or five of them that I kind of want to talk about tonight. But I have an enormous list of things that I want to see more of and try and or buy. So, yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, I cut mine down
1: to five and one optic.
0: Oh, Okay. All right. You first then. You start. Okay. So the one that I said it was stupid and I was really just absolutely, I thought it was dumb. I thought it was dumb when it came out in the nineties and that was the department of energy, nine millimeter pistol. It's an AR nine millimeter. Okay. That uses standard AR sights, But if you look at it, it's got like a seven and a half, eight inch barrel. It's got like this front sight post that sticks up like four inches off the barrel. It's absolutely ridiculous. Well, this company, H&R, is doing a repro, Mm -hmm. reproduction of it, and it's called the DOE 9mm pistol. It's an AR-15 9mm.
1: I think I saw this one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I saw that one. Yeah, that's crazy looking. I'll have some links. We'll have some links to all this stuff. This is, this is the kind of content where it's, it's fun to talk about this, but if people I don't almost see wish a picture, was, they're not. Yeah. I almost wish it was a video show. Cause we kind of need to show a picture for some of this stuff, but in the show notes, we'll have links to all this stuff. You can, you know, at least get a toe in the water if, or, you know, just do a search and you'll find tons of stuff, but we'll have some links is what I'm trying to say. So yeah, sorry. Go.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, it was,
1: Oh, that's it. That's I looked at it.
0: Okay. Yeah. I looked at it and I went, you know, with a folding tube on that, with that little, um, salient arms, I think it's salient arms that makes the flip tube. Yeah. So it takes an AR buffer tube and it puts a little hinge on it. So you can flip it over. I went, talk about a compact travel gun right there. And it's nine millimeter with open sights. You wouldn't have to put a dot on it. Just re- leave the regular sights on there. Flip it back open. Yeah, this is absolutely stupid.
1: And I kind of like it. It's stupid, I think I, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: does
1: they don't all have to make sense, right? It's it's kind of like motorcycles. That they, they don't need to be, you know, Toyota Camrys. Like you can have a few Lamborghinis. It's all right.
0: Yeah, it's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Although this is not Lamborghini. This is like, you know, somebody took a Ford Pinto and jacked it up and put
1: 35 inch super swampers on it. This is like a six by six with an R1M engine in it. Right. Kind of like, yes. Ridiculous.
0: (laughs) It's stupid. There, there's no reason for it. I mean, especially when you look at the stuff that I have, Yeah. you're like, why would, why do you need? I don't know.
1: Awesome. Well, my, Uh,
0: that was, go ahead. My first
1: one's a a little more practical and it, it dovetails into something we talked about before, uh, which is the, the scout rifle. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to find the links. Wait a minute. I think I have two that I need to talk about. Oh, I might've lost this one. Anyway, I'll come back to that one. The first one I'm going to talk about is the Tika ranch rifle. Did you see this one? No, I didn't. Okay. 4.3 pounds. 308. Okay. 16 to 18 inch barrels. Boy, oh, you can get it in 6.5 Creedmoor as well, but. Take a look at that one. Totally scout rifle style. I got to get a good link for that one too, because I don't. I don't have a good link right now. I think that's the one I'm looking at. Yeah, that's it. So mainly just because it's it's scout rifle style, but it's very very light. Mm-hmm. So you're just over four pounds there. That's that's incredible. And that's that's new. I don't I don't know that that's out yet. That's actually pretty interesting. What's the price tag on that? I think that was 7 oh, I don't have it down here. I thought that was like 700 bucks, somewhere in that range. That's not bad. Cuz I think the Ruger the Ruger gun sight
0: Scout is 1200 bucks. Yeah. I mean, I think used they were that price.
1: Yeah, I'm trying for some reason my link it's wrong. I wonder if I have this. I may have to check another one. I may be m- mixing this up with something else. But it, I did jot that down as a name. That's the right weight and everything. But for some reason, my link isn't working. So I'll get a I'll get a good link for the show notes so people can look at it for real.
0: No, that'll work. So yeah,
1: what's uh what's your
0: number two? My number two is actually something I've been following for a while. So there's a company, its name is Avidity Arms. Okay. Uh, Before the Glock 43 came out or the 43X came out, they had a gun in production, well, in testing, that was called the PD 10. It was a 10 round, single stack, 9 millimeter gun designed 100%. For concealed carry and self-defense. Ten rounds, one in the pipe, front and rear serrations, sights that were set up where if you needed to use the rear sight to cock the, to run the slide, you could off your belt. It had uh, cutouts. For the grip to be able to grab a hold of the magazine in case it got jammed in there so you could hit the magazine release and rip the magazine out. I mean, the gun is absolutely phenomenal. It is designed for the concealed carrier. That's not what's interesting. What's interesting is they're about to release it in your favorite cartridge, the 30 Super Carrier. Oh, yeah. There we go. <laughs> And I've been doing some digging into that 30 super carry. So I'm going to give you some numbers. All right. Hit me with numbers. Okay. The nine millimeter HST hollow point. That is like the standard, you know, high speed. Yeah. You know, 124 grain defensive round. It has 14.5 inches of penetration and 0.571 inches of expansion. Off a 9 millimeter bullet. Okay. okay. 30 Super Carry in HST is a 100 grain bullet with 15.5 inches of penetration and .530 inches of expansion. All right. That's not bad. Now let's look at the muzzle. Oil. Let's look at the uh, energy off this thing. 9-millimeter HST and 124 grain is 364 foot-pounds of energy at 1,150
1: feet per second. And you're getting slightly more capacity as well. Depending With on the 30 day. Super Carry,
0: it's 347 foot-pounds of energy at 1,250 feet per second. That's pretty nice. I mean that's a smoking cartridge. You get another inch of penetration, you're, you know, make the joke all you want about, you know. (laughs) Sure, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, it's, we'll just leave that one floating right there. You kinda, we don't need to go too much further into it, but it's all about inches, man. (laughs) If you need the extra inch, 30 super carries your game. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you get extra rounds in the magazine, So, a 10-round magazine in 9mm holds 13 rounds of uh, thirty Super Carry. So, now we have a gun that's, (gasps) excuse me, you now have a gun that is 13-round single stack with one in the pipe. And it's got all of these wonderful little additions that have been made, you know, modern science, everything else. At a roughly as thin as a forty-three X.
1: So the I mean, the only real, the only real downside there at the moment is that the ammo is more expensive and it's harder to get. But if it takes off, that then that goes out the window. It's not harder to get. I went to the local academy that's
0: just around the corner from my house. They and have. they have third or super. They have thirty super carry in hundred and twenty, in the hundred grain HST and the hundred grain full metal jacket target ammo.
2: Mm.
1: And plentiful. It wasn't just like three boxes. No, it was not just three boxes. There was like half a case. Because that's what thirty thirty is getting to be like. Every time I go to the store, I look to see what's there, you know, for hunting ammo and occasionally I'll find a box or two but not many and thus this the switch to 308 because you can get almost any bullet you want in 308 yeah in a plentiful quantity including surplus <laughs> it's that and it's, subsonic if you know where to look yeah all kinds of stuff I have to go back and correct my first choice okay if I can are you are you sorry you're done with that one
0: yeah, I'm done with uh, the the PD-10 from Avidity Arms, uh, Mr. Rob Pinkus's company. He's had a uh, lot to do with that. I'm actually looking at possibly buying one of those. That might go into the rotation, and it's possible that Ooh. might be my new carry gun. Very nice. In uh, 30 Super Carry or 9? No, in 30 Super Carry. Look at you. I used to carry a five seven by twenty eight so it's not up it's not above the you know pale for me to switch from nine milliliter
1: oh, i i gotcha all right Granted, i ha- you know my first choice i had it completely wrong the i took a note here that the Tika ranch rifle was four point three pounds just as a note it wasn't the selection oh the selection is the c v a cascade senior r eighty which is a scout rifle uh-huh 7.3 pounds, magazine fed, 18 inch threaded barrel. You can get it in 308 or 350 Legend. It has an interesting radial muzzle brake, uh-huh. so the the reliefs are all around the brake. Forward mounted uh, pick rail for your optic. Has a 70 degree bolt throw, and I was watching some video on on why that matters. MSRP 925. That's a direct. Shot across the bow at the Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle. Huh. <clears throat> now yeah, they don't it have is. it in left hand action, but you know we'll we'll cut them some slack. For yet, that yet, yet. But that so that's technically my pick is the <laughs> CVA Cascade SR80 Scout Rifle.
0: Okay, so you
1: corrected that. So I corrected that, and now I need to move on. (laughs) Yep.
0: Pick another one.
1: Oh, bonehead. I'm just a mess this week. And I'm on call, which is even more fun. All right, my next one is something I think we've talked about before, maybe not on the show, but you and I have talked a lot about about pistol caliber carbines Mm -hmm. because I'm very interested in one of those. Originally a nine millimeter, you know, run it subsonic, run it suppressed. Fantastic little piece to use on the property. I had gone all around the world on that one. I fell in love with the Smith and Wesson FPC, so the folding pistol carbine. But then, or I'm sorry, I started with the Ruger, the Ruger PC carbine. But I didn't think it was a takedown model, and the whole idea is I want it to be short and compact, so you can. You'll pack it up into a small bag. You don't have to carry, like, giant rifle cases. That was part of the, the appeal to the FPC. Mm-hmm. But when I found out that the, the PC carbine is a takedown, where basically the, the barrel comes out and you put it side by side, and it's just as short as the FPC for transport. So I was like, great, I'm back on the, uh, the PC carbine in 9mm. The other one that I wanted was the LC carbine which is in 57 cuz you know we have the rock and I like the 57 that's a neat cartridge and I want to keep using that so in 9 mm as you know you have to look for subsonic ammo if you have a 45 they're all subsonic yep. because of that 220 grain projectile So Ruger announced the LC carbine in 45 auto. Yay. (laughs) That's the one. (laughs) Okay. I have a question. Okay. What kind of magazine is it carrying? Glock mags. Seven slot, M-lock pick rail, Glock mags, 13 rounders. Completely ambi or swappable in the case of the charging handle. And I'm running a dagger for my cop pistol. So I got all kinds of Glock mags. Oh, wait, no, those are a nine millimeter. Sorry. Those are Sorry. nine Wrong millimeter caliber. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. It's always a catch.
0: So what you're going to need to do, just an offer a suggestion because I've got, um, Glock 10 millimeter mags. Okay. Is what you do is you get. The tan Glock. 45 mags you spend a little bit more money okay like maybe a couple of bucks but you will always know oh look this one's black that's nine millimeter oh,
1: oh look, this one's tan this one's 45 gotcha you'll i'll never grab a nine mag and stick it in the lc carbine
0: well i don't think a nine will actually fit into it but but i wouldn't try it either you, yeah yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't Go out and try to see if it would fit. I got you. But if you order, but if you order them, and you know, these are tan, these are black. Now I'm good to go. Gotcha. I did that with my ten millimeter, with my Glock ten. All Different, my oh. Glock ten millimeter mags
1: all have tan base plates. Uh, so is is that a sound strategy? Because the the suppressor I have in jail on its way is a banished forty five. I got it in 45 caliber intentionally because then I could use it from 45 down. Mm-hmm. It is a pistol suppressor, but it's full auto rated, so you can use it on carbines and things like that. So I'm thinking that goes with the LC carbine, and then I can get a dedicated nine can for the for the handguns. Yeah, I don't have to multi cal the the banish.
0: No. Well, you wouldn't have to multi can multi cal the.
1: Well, well, I I originally got it to use on all the pistols and the carbine, and I just got it in 45 just to cover. Okay, well, if I get a 45, then I'm covered. I don't have to get another one. But if I have a carbine in 45, that can can just stay with the carbine, and then I can get a nine millimeter version to use on all the pistols. That's what that's what I'm getting at. I I think that's sound strategy. As a, a buddy of mine at work tells me, he's like, you're talking to the wrong guy if you want me to, to talk you out of a purchase.
0: It's oh, yeah, like, yeah. That's, it's like, look that's elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, if you want me to go, hold up.
1: <laughs> yeah, hold the phone. No,
0: don't do that. I mean, granted me saying, you know, instead of buying a gun, why don't you put a new seat on your motorcycle? I mean, that was... <laughs>
1: Yeah. I was right. That though. was that's the advice I, I needed to hear. Yeah. I mean, you'd been talking about putting that seat on there for a
0: while anyway.
1: And it it's what keeps me from riding it more, quite honestly. See? See, so it's the right choice. Yeah. Sorry. That's a long way of saying Ruger L C carbine in 45 auto is <laughs> my
0: pick. So we had actually talked about this L C carbine in five seven. And making a poor man's, um, a poor man's uh, MP7 or MP7, the MP7 out of it, which the MP7 is the it. It's not a five seven by twenty eight. It's not a nine millimeter. It's a four six by thirty three or some stupid, ridiculous cartridge. Interesting. Yeah. So there were two guns that NATO tested. One of them was the MP7. The other one was the uh, P90. And the P91 over the MP7. And H&K got pissed off. And uh, didn't like that. And got pissed off at NATO and all that other BS that went with it.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And refuses to allow that cartridge, that 4.6, to be sold to anyone, but if you have an MP7. Oh, we're not going to make it semi-automatic. So the joke's always been, how do I get an MP7? Well, you don't. You don't. Unless, of course, your Palmetto State Armory, which goes into my choice right here, which is uh, Palmetto State Armory, listened to what everybody said and came out with a 5.7 PDW, which is a... Five
1: seven by 28 MP7. Hold on. I don't know if that qualifies.
0: How so? Isn't that just a concept? They introduced it at Shot Show and said, and if you kept up with their emails that were coming from PSA, it was, hey, which one of these would you like us to actually manufacture?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that one up because I. I purposely left the PSA stuff off my list because my understanding of it was that these are all concepts and the public needs to vote. Like, hey, I like this one. I want you to make that one. And the tagline that they kept using was, we can do anything, but we can't do everything we need to pick. So my understanding is it's still a concept, but I could be wrong.
0: It could be a concept. But But it's a darn good
1: looking concept.
0: (laughs) I'm very much digging that concept. Me too. Me too. A 40 round magazine Mm -hmm. that goes in much like it would be an Uzi, threaded barrel, and a a sliding pistol brace Mm -hmm. quotation
1: marks. Right. That's not a stock. Yeah, it, it looks fantastic, and the the part that made me smile the, is they said that it would a lot of the parts would be interchangeable with the Rock Pistol. Uh huh. I'm going. It almost looks like a Rock Pistol in a chassis, but I don't think it is. It's probably Rock Pistol parts in a different housing. Uh huh. You know what I mean? I don't think it's like those. I forget what those things are, but the those things you stick up. Glock 19. Oh, and the Roni. The, yeah, the Ronin chassis or whatever they're called there.
0: Yeah, the Roni,
1: the Roni chassis for the Glocks, yeah. yeah. I don't think it's that, but they're saying your Rock mags would work, which are 23, I think. Uh-huh. So I got giggling for a second. I was like, wait, a f- I could possibly have a 40-round magazine for the Rock <laughs> if they all interchange. <laughs> Can you imagine that thing sticking out the bottom? it's
0: no dumber than the nine millimeter 33 round stick mags that people put into a Glock
1: 26. I mean, it's probably be shorter though, because the, the five, seven, uh, rock mag is double stack. Yep. Well, so is the Glock mag, but the five, seven, it's nine millimeter. Yeah. It's there. Oh, that's going to be crazy.
0: Oh yeah. I forgot to
1: mention the pick rail on the top. So you can throw a dot on there. Yeah, it it looks like a fantastic piece and with all the buzz, I don't see how they don't make that one. That's just a no-brainer. Yeah. I mean, you've got so
0: I didn't put it on my list because I couldn't actually find it and I didn't see where it got released, but you have Thesis which is that Company that's it's a Turkish gunmaker like Century Arms that mm-hmm. imports stuff into the United States. That they supposedly have a five seven coming out. Everybody's kind of got a five seven coming.
1: Yeah. Well, in you now Smith in PSA's case, I I see this as a way to get some R and D money out of the Rock pistol because as I understand it and digging into it. And of course, looking at the one that I have, it's not a Glock clone. Like when, when you take it apart and you start looking at it, you're like, this is its own thing. Like this is, yeah. I mean, it operates, you know, the way it takes down and it certainly operates a lot like a, like the Glock action, but it is not, it is its own thing when you start looking at it. So they've got to get some R and D back on that. This thing just seems like a no brainer to me mm-hmm. from, from a business, pure business standpoint. Yeah, you got to make that one. Yeah, I. that's why it made my pick.
0: Uh, again, I've got a PS90 in my safe, and <laughs> FN 5.7. You know, I'm kind of invested in that 5.7 by 28. So yeah. having another gun in 5.7 well,
1: doesn't hurt me any. I'm just giving you a hard time because it <laughs> it's not something you can buy today. That's the only reason I was cranking you up for it.
0: Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's the only thing that sucks. Well, you can't buy the avidity arms PD ten and
1: the thirty super carry
0: yet either. True, true. It's a, it's news. It's an announcement. Yeah, it's actually the, the thirty super carry for the PD ten is
1: released end of February, beginning of March. I'm on the list. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, well, since you mentioned Thesis, I had an honorable mention for their striker fired night stalker. SF DS9. Interesting looking handgun. And that's all brand new. It's a 2011 style, but it's striker fired. So I thought that was neat. It's worth checking out. It's not really a pick, but interesting enough that it's like an well, alternate pick for me. But I did have Tisas on here. Go ahead. You had another one. It's
0: your turn because I could run through this all night long and talk about the stuff that I liked. Go ahead.
1: All right. Do you need to go at 11? It's 1040.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm good right now.
1: Okay. He hadn't called. All right, my next pick, um, I'm going to go to a handgun. And I've mentioned, I've probably mentioned before, I don't know about on the show, but I have a Taurus TX-22 that I am completely in love with. And I know I've heard from way too many people or way more people than i can count that taurus makes garbage well i will tell you whatever magic they did with the tx22 is fantastic and their their g series as well you know my brother has a a g2c and, a, and i've used a g3 before so they they really kind of stepping up their game and you and i have talked before about wanting a, a single action dual action and I'm always looking for another caliber. It's like, well, a couple of nine millimeters. Got a 5.7, that's cool. Got some twenty twos. So my pick, which came out I think way before Shot Show, is the Taurus TH10, ten millimeter, hammer fired, semi auto, single action, double action. The safety also operates as a decocker. Stainless barrel, alloy steel slide, polymer frame, swappable backstraps, and hold on to your hat. MSRP under six hundred dollars. Fantastic! If that thing runs, that's that's good stuff. Because I'm I'm over the moon with their TX twenty-two. So I'm hopeful this is good, and maybe I'll pick one of these up. Be a good, uh, you know, wild animal sort of defense thing. You know, for larger, you know, bear and, and stuff. So. I know a lot of people crap
0: on Taurus. I've never had any issues personally with any Taurus gun. And I've had several. I had one of the little tip up barrel 22 Mm semi-automatics. Never had a problem with it. I carried for the first six months that I worked as a sheriff's deputy. I carried a Taurus 357 Magnum revolver. Nice. I mean, I never, I used to carry a Taurus 38 as a backup, as a pocket gun, the whole nine yards. I've had all kinds of Taurus guns. I've never had any issues with them. A lot of people will sit back and go, oh,
1: well, I had this, or I know a guy who had this problem. It's always like that, isn't it? It's always, I know somebody who had a problem. It's never, you know, I I I bought two and they were junk. It's always, well, my buddy's cousin's nephew sister-in-law twice removed you know had a problem with it
0: yeah i had one guy at one of the box stores that might rhyme with like you know (laughs) i don't i don't want (laughs) to open those up to somebody from just yeah big box store there you go Yeah, the big box store that has uh, a fish on the front of it and a big pyramid that might be their original headquarters thing (laughs) that told me (laughs) that they received two Taurus revolvers, that the cylinders were Mm off-chamfered, so they kind of sat in there wrong. And I'm looking at this guy talk. And the more he talked, the more I realized how full of crap he was. Yeah. Because it's if you work in manufacturing, if you work in any kind of industry like this, you know that something like that, well, it's possible for it to happen. To get two? To get two of them. Yeah. That not just got out the door. You're telling me that they test fired these guns. Yeah. And, but they were so anyway j- Yeah and they were so jacked up, the cylinders wouldn't turn. But they made it through test firing. That doesn't make any sense. But whatever. <laughs> That's, you know, why I'm not allowed to comment on certain things there.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to say that Taurus doesn't have issues and, it seems like they've had issues in the past, but certainly in in modern times, they've they've stepped up their game and they're they're making some good stuff. Even the executive line, I think about a year ago you had showed me one of the revolvers. Beautiful looking piece. And there's a new one in shot. I actually had it as like a runner up or you know, a sixth option if we get that far. Yeah. They've the, got a uh, new executive update for this year.
0: Yeah, the 856 executive grade or whatever it was. It had VZ grips and a beautiful finish to it. Yeah, just beautiful. Three-inch barrel bobbed hammer. I mean, I looked at it and went, huh,
1: I could carry a 38. Replace the old J-frame in the pocket, right?
0: uh, Well, not really because it's a three-inch barrel. It's not a little snubby. Mm. but an appendix gun that you just kind of grab and go, I got to go run to the store.
1: Yeah. can see that. And just, it goes right into the belt line. You know, is it, is it fancy enough to be a Texas barbecue gun or no, not fancy enough? Oh no, it's, it's fancy enough. Although my Texas barbecue gun is
0: a Wilson Combat nineteen eleven. I mean oh, if I'm gonna go, I'm oh, gonna yeah. go all the way. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. So is it my turn or your turn?
1: It's your turn. I'm that's my third. Okay. And I think you're you're at four.
0: All right. So I'm actually gonna pick something that's not a pistol, and that was the Beretta thirteen oh one mod two.
1: Is that on my list? Nope. Okay. Proceed. S-
0: Semi automatic 12 gauge patrol shotgun, 18 and a half inch barrel, five round magazine tube. Very nice. Pick rail across the top of it so you could throw like a micro red dot on there. You've got ghost ring sights on it, the whole nine yards. It's got good trigger. I don't have a semi-automatic shotgun, and my old 590 that's in the safe mm-hmm. is uh well, that's a 590 marine pump shotgun. So it's got like a nine-round tube and a
1: <laughs> twenty-inch barrel on it. And but it also has like a twenty-inch cycle stroke. Or yeah, something. I
0: mean it's it's just <laughs> massive. And I'm like, okay. And then I keep my I keep my uh, shockwave in the bedroom. That's my, if you knock on my door at night. You'll
1: see what that one looks like.
0: Yeah. And I got a flashlight on that. But yeah, Beretta semi-automatic. Very oversized nice. bolt handle. I mean, I'm kind of digging it. I even like the tan and black uh, colors that it came out in. I don't know if I
1: saw that one. The Beretta I had on my list was the BX1 uh because I had a straight pull. That's one I was looking at earlier today. But I don't think I saw oh, the shotgun. The
0: straight pull uh bolt rifle?
1: Yeah. I know that's real popular in, in Europe to have a, a straight pull versus the like the bolt actions we have here, but I just thought that was an interesting release as well. But yeah. since since you brought up shotguns, we could quickly talk about some more PSA concepts. They have a modular shotgun they're coming out with. And similar to what they do with their AR line, where you can just buy the parts. you can buy the barrel, the tube, the action, uh-huh. the stocks. It's got a an optics plate on it. You know, it's they've kind of modulized and modernized the rifle or the pump action shotgun.
0: I'm I'm very impressed with Palmetto State Armory as a company, as somebody who started out as, hey, we're we're the competitor to cheaper than diamonds, right? You know, we <laughs> we import a bunch of sh- stuff, stuff, yeah, that's inexpensive, and you can get that here, like the
1: original um, Springfield's with the grip safety but now uh, they're full on manufacturing. They make it all.
0: Now they're now they're like, yeah, we have some of everybody else's stuff, but you really ought to see what we're making. Mhm.
1: And it's not it's not junk. Yeah, it's kind of like I I equate it to and, and no offense to anyone who has one. I equate it to like the, the Hyundai ikea wrap where originally you would say it was a good car for the money, right? Uh It'd be fair in in the early days of of Hyundai to say it was a good car for the money. Nowadays, I, you would just say it's a good car period. And you would not have to qualify it. And I think PSA, I, I see them in the gun world in that category where maybe when they started, it was more like, yeah, they're good stuff for the money. Now you just say they're good guns and you stop right there.
0: Yeah. Well, let's go back to motorcycles. It's CF moto. Another, yeah, another good example. Uh, 10 years ago, if you said CF moto, everybody kind of held their nose and picked their head up and just looked at you like you had three heads growing out of your, you know, nostril. (laughs) Now you get a CF moto and it's a 650 to a 900 CC motor with ABS and Brembo brakes and high end tires and the whole nine yards fuel injected motor. And it's all five, six thousand dollar bikes.
1: Yeah, yeah, same, same idea. You know, good for the money, maybe, but now it's just good bike. It's just good. Yeah,
0: I would. I really want to get my hands on one of those CF Motos and just kind of
1: see what it can do. Yeah, they've got some new stuff. They have a. Um, I'm not. Gonna, I'm going to get it wrong, but they had some bike coming out recently that, that some sort of Ducati clone. I'll have to, we'll have to come back to CF Moto in another show, but they've got some neat yeah, that, stuff on the horizon. Yeah. I've got a local dealer just down the road. Do you? That's cool. Yeah.
0: All right. Your turn.
1: All right. My next pick, and I got to go to the website to see this one. And I will soft spot for this one because they are offering it in left hand, you know, being someone who is. Left-hand dominant. I'm, I'm a little partial to that. And this one is not for the faint of heart. This is probably the opposite of your, your PSA option. Because <laughs> this one starts at $2,600. What did you pick? This is from Fierce Arms. It is the CT Rogue. And it's left-hand bolt-action gun. Insanely light. As well, let's see. I don't know if I have the weight on this one. Um, lots of carbon fiber, uh, titanium action. Another seventy degree bolt throw. Uh, it's got a fire spiral fluted barrel, or sorry, spiral fluted bolt. Uh, carbon fiber stock. Um, where's the other thing I was reading? It's got a carbon barrel with a 0.75 MOA accuracy guarantee. And it weighs in at 5.4 pounds. Wow. But yeah, you're going to have to come up with 2600 plus if you want that one. Left-hander is only available currently in 308. Other calibers to come. Okay. That's not bad. So I've got one. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Totally wrong on this one. (laughs) Left-hand calibers do not have 308. Wrong sheet. 6.5 Six five PRC seven millimeter Remington Mag, seven millimeter PRC three hundred Win Mag, and three hundred PRC. So these are these are big boys. Yeah, these are long distance. Yeah. Oh. Yep, twenty inch to twenty four inch barrels. But this is this is bananas. I was watching them go through this on a video. I'm like, yeah, if I'm gonna reach out and touch someone <laughs> or something, sorry
0: something this
1: one yeah
0: yeah that would that would definitely reach out and fondle someone at a long distance probably from another area code <laughs> right well done so my next one was nowhere near that expensive mine actually comes in at msrp of 8.99 and it's from thesis and it's the BR9DS. Bravo Romeo, the number nine mm-hmm. Delta Sierra. And what it is is a double stack 2011 from thesis for eight ninety nine.
1: That's optics the optics ni- ready. Isn't that the Night Stalker? Uh
0: I don't think so. I thought it was hammer fired.
1: Oh okay, that's a different one then. Okay. Never mind, sorry. Continue. That's the DS9. We're not talking about the same thing, are we? This is the one I mentioned earlier.
0: Uh no. What you were talking about was the striker
1: fired one. Yep. This is a hammer fired but it's, it has a similar name because it's called the DS9. Okay, never mind. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> yeah.
0: But it's an optics ready 2011 gun. Nice for 899. Now that's the shot show MSRP which
1: means that thing's going to be under 750. Yeah, I think I did see that one in a similar video if if that runs, that's that's attractive because You're way up there. If you're getting into uh, what is the one that you like, staccato there, and and some other ones like that, you're in the two thousand ish range. Keep going.
0: Well, starting staccatos. The staccatos. You're not walking away from that thing for less than twenty eight hundred bucks, and that's you know that doesn't include your optic. Yeah. And at 75 bucks a magazine, I, <laughs> I might want one, but I'll stick to my Shadow systems,
1: <laughs> right? I have a Shadow Systems question if you're done with your thesis. Yeah, go for it. What did you think of the Comp models, the MR and XR 920P? I was hoping we weren't going to talk about compensators because I
0: had so i've got my we could save it for
1: another day we could do a whole
0: yeah we could do uh, a whole thing on pistol comps but i can tell you i think they're just silly i i fired a compensated xr 920 a non-compensated xr 920 a compensated glock 17 a non-compensated glock 17 identical pistols no,
1: no difference for you. Uh,
0: not really. Not enough that I would want to spend that kind of money to put a comp on a gun.
1: The selling feature that I understand that Shadow Systems did is it's non-threaded, and it's a tool yes. toolless design. So, this is again, this is kind of me getting up to speed with how things operate. But there are some states that that would be foreboding. So. Yes. The, the non threading and the toolless opens them up to other states, but also opens it up to people that don't want or don't need a threaded barrel, which, you know, all the other ones, that's a prerequisite. You got to have a yeah. threaded barrel. So,
0: all the ones that I shot had a threaded barrel. Yeah. Uh, I no longer have one of the guns that was a threaded barrel. XR920. I no longer have it. I replaced it with a Caltech RDB bullpup. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, since we went there, I have two comps currently. Uh huh. When I first bought the TX22, <laughs> just because I'm silly, I bought a compensator for it. It was on the website. I'm like, why not? Let's try it. Well, yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice any difference on the twenty-two. No. And I, I look at the the new SIG uh P322, the comp competition comp model and all that. I'm just like, no, come on. Like But the one that I keep, it's it's actually on the on the carry pistol. I have the little thread protector from Suarez International that's got the slit in it. Uh-huh. That's the thread protector I use. It's it's essentially a mini comp. So I, I I do have that. I'd, again, I don't. Does it does it do any difference? I don't know. It blows smoke up in the air and makes more noise, but I don't know. It doesn't. <laughs> That's it's supposed to. So putting a
0: <laughs> compensator on a pistol is supposed to reduce felt recoil by X amount of percent.
1: But it increases noise, and that adds to felt recoil. I I didn't notice any difference. I really didn't. So
0: I don't use it.
1: You know how you cut down on felt recoil? Shoot more? A suppressor. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome.
0: <laughs> I keep saying I'm gonna get a nine millimeter can just to put on the nine millimeter in the bedroom. Right. But but it's like why? <laughs> I mean, I've done everything I could to that that Suarez nine millimeter. I have. Yeah. I could never sell this gun, ever. Probably not. It's like a six hundred dollar gun that has you know twelve hundred bucks worth of sh- sh- stuff
1: on it. You know, my TX twenty two is like that. Hey. <laughs> it has. I put an adapter plate on it. It has a Burris fast fire red dot on it and it has a radiant laser <laughs> and i've got extended mags and i've got like the gold thread protector and oh it is it is a blinged out 22 it's ridiculous
0: the the bedroom nine millimeter is a uh suarez international slide and compensator with a uh trijicon rmr with a tlr1 light on it with uh <laughs> A swear is trigger in it and <laughs> a gray ghost
1: frame and <laughs> it's too funny. Yeah. I think I have as much in accessories as, as the, the TX costs originally.
0: Oh no. Pretty fun. Yeah.
1: I took a Glock 17
0: frame and went, let's go spend some money. <laughs>
1: Crazy. <laughs> yep. So that's, that's right. your five. Um, Man, what is my fifth one? I have so many other things. I wanted to talk about some silencers. I won't do that. I, I'm going to go here for my fifth one. It's it's not even an item. It's a shout-out okay. to a payment processor and a bank. So okay. I, I was watching some videos from the actual SHOT Show website, and there's a company called Payrock, P-A-Y-R-O-C. They are a 2A-friendly and to a support industry supported payment processor. So you don't need to go with any of the other ones. You can use that. So yeah, just a shout out to them. I thought that was neat. I, you know, kind of thought only the, the big payment processors was the way to go. I didn't realize there was one that catered to the, to the two a industry. So that was pretty neat. And, there is now, and the second one is a bank. So there's a, there's a bank called CC bank and they're based mm-hmm. in Utah. Uh, again, two a friendly everyone that they had an interview with someone today and it's like, yeah, everyone that works there is like we're all enthusiasts, so I feel like that's fantastic. We need more of that we do um the only
0: thing I had as my final one is that EOtech has jumped on the bandwagon of a micro pistol uh optic, okay. I didn't catch the price. Just the fact that it's an EOTech. I'm not a fan of EOTechs. I think I think you get a better product by going with another brand, Aimpoint. And, uh, but that's it's all opinion. It's all conjecture. It's all whatever. Uh, the other thing that can be said and that is if you'll notice they're no longer teaching red dot pistol optic classes
1: they're yeah. just called
0: it's just included. classes
1: yeah it's just yeah
0: when when you hear about you know i had t- you know 15 students show up for class this weekend and 10 of them all were running red dots on their and i say red dots it's just a pistol optic yeah i had 10 students out of 15 running optics on their pistols And these are carry guns, not competition, not anything else. You kind of go, "Yep, something for that." Yep. I
1: guess that's the future. I guess the future is now. Indeed, I I do have one more quick runner-up, and it'll be twenty seconds. Yeah, go for it. Taurus has a bolt gun. I heard about this. The expedition. Uh, 750-ish uh, dollars Remington 700 pattern looks looks pretty cool run on AICDs magazines oh I don't remember the mags because if it does
0: I got a whole drawer full of those
1: yeah that I, I don't remember but it looks it looks pretty cool
0: yeah as long as it's not you know magazine dependent.
1: Yeah. There's so many things that, that I looked at that I, I want to dive into more like even, even in the PCC world, you know, Caltech sub 2000, they got a third generation of that. Mm-hmm. that finally lets you keep an optic on it and just all kinds of stuff. The crazy Chris Vector's got a gen three. I mean, we could go on all night. We, we really could. Um, I really think we need to pick a year and we need to go well we kind of have a industry adjacent podcast now so maybe we can lean on that
0: maybe if anybody would like to
1: meet us in vegas
0: and go have a cigar and you yeah, know there you go
1: yeah and i'm still curious i don't know um zion didn't mention anything about it but he seemed he seemed down with the uh, the gun conversations and things like that so i'm i'm hoping people are enjoying that and we purposely put this kind of at the turn, if you will. So if, if you're just here for the motorcycles and you're not interested in this, then that's a good time for you to tune out. So yeah, still curious to know if people enjoy that or not. Yeah. Cause we can add more for sure. We can add more.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: We could do an entire show on this and talk for three hours. Yeah. Well, and then we, you know, and that's something we may need to look at in the future is, is, Maybe a separate show because, yeah, I'd like to do some interviews. You know, bring some people in, and this is all, again part of me learning and coming up to speed. I'm, I'm, you know, again, very much a student, not a teacher. So, I want to take in as much as I can. I can put you in touch with people. Let's do it. All right. All right. Last thoughts? Anything else? Um, write something. Locked and loaded. Kickstands up. Take somebody shooting.
0: Thank you for listening. Please consider supporting the show. Find more details at loudpipes.net forward slash donate.